Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. I'm Scarlett Foo. It is all baseball on the show today as we enter the season's midway point. We do a check-in on some of the biggest stories from MLB Hall of Fame pitcher and Fox Sports lead MLB analyst John Smoltz. Suck him out! There it is! Career strikeout number 3,000 for John Smoltz. We'll talk to John Smoltz about Steve Cohen's big money and underachieving New York Mets. Plus, we'll get his thoughts on two-way superstar Shohei Otani. This is a different, different kind of freakish athlete that has really transcended the game and maybe even created an opportunity for future two-way players. Our pal Damian Sassauer will join us for the conversation. Fun fact, John Smoltz is a much better golfer than you might think. We'll talk to him about competing in the upcoming American Century Championship. All that is straight ahead on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. But first, we zero in on one particular ball club that's surprising everyone. Yeah, it's the Miami Marlins. And this year's Marlins, they're on a roll. Pirates bring the infield in. Cooper drives one right center. the Pirates bullpen and they lead six to four. They're off to their second best start in franchise history, only behind the 1997 team that went on to win the World Series. It is a huge turnaround for a franchise that just last year lost more than 90 games and leading the way are women in the Marlins front office. And Scarlett, to take us behind the scenes, behind the curtain of the Marlins' big year is Miami Marlins president of business operations, Caroline O'Connor. Caroline, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thank you for having me, Michael and Scarlett. I'm excited to be here. Well, first, we're going to get something out of the way right (laughs) now that I just learned, Scarlett, is that you knew this. I didn't know this. Caroline, you were an intern here at Bloomberg uh, just, uh, we'll say, a few years ago. Let's go with a few years ago. Yeah, Yeah, we'll go with that. But yeah, Bloomberg (laughs) gave me my start. I got an internship there while I was in college. I went up to their booth at the career fair, and I was lucky to spend two summers there. So I owe a lot to Bloomberg of helping me get started in my career. Well, we'd love to take credit for your career success, (laughs) but I don't think we can. Nevertheless, (laughs) um, we're excited to talk to you, of course, because the Marlins is a special team in baseball because the team is breaking barriers in the C-suite. The general manager, Kim Eng, who in November of 2020 became the first female GM in the history of all professional sports in the U.S. So tell us a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, we have have a historic uh, run here. So first, you know, Kim was appointed as general manager, first female general manager in professional sports. Um, and then a few years after that, our uh, chairman and principal owner, Bruce Sherman, appointed me to be the president on the business side. So um, we are the only professional sports team run by women uh, on the business and the baseball side uh, that, that, that we know of. So um, it, it's been wonderful. You know, we work really closely with Bruce and, um, you know, 
we're, I think, a source of pride for so many people. And, um, you know, we're really happy to be in these roles. And one thing that's notable is, unlike Kim, your career didn't start in sports. You were in finance, something uh, many of our listeners will be very familiar with. You spent five years as MD at Morgan Stanley, six years as a director at UBS. What specifically prompted the shift to sports? I think it was the right place at the right time as far as moving over to the sports industry. Um, but, you know, it, it is a you know big product, popular product, and um, you know, sports teams are growing. And I think they need you know, some of the governance and experience that we're seeing at, you know, larger companies. We have very big names and brands as sports organizations, but, you know, under the covers, a lot of times they are a small business. See, Scarlett is very classy in how she described you as coming into the world of business and as a as a woman about how strong you are. But I'm I'm about as classy as an outhouse. So I'm going to say you're one of the women that has opened up a can of whoop tushy <laughs> in the world of business, and you are leading the way for many other females to get into this. What advice would you give them? to say, hey, this is how I did it, this is how it would help you to make advances, not just in sports, but in business in general. Yeah, I think the old advice, work really hard, You know, don't be scared of anything, take every opportunity that you're presented with. I think it's helped me through my career, and ultimately it's how I got to, to this opportunity. Um, but just being confident in yourself and knowing that you know the skills and tools that you're putting in your toolbox as you go through you know, your studies and your career, you, know, you master those, and those are going to you know, be applicable to a lot of different industries. And I was lucky to land in sports, and it's a lot of fun every day, but I use a lot of those same skills that I used uh, back in finance. Yeah, a lot of transferable skills there. Of course, on the field, the Marlins are doing very well, off to the second best start in franchise history behind only the 97 team that won the World Series. Um, They've only made the playoffs once since 2003, but it looks like that's going to change for this year. And attendance is up as well by double digits this year. I know that you deal with things off the field when it comes to uh, partnerships, sales, marketing, uh, DEI uh, initiatives, all of that. How much do the changes on the field spill over into what you are working with off the field? Yeah, it's very helpful. Um, we've been part of, you know, a multi-year growth here. So last year we actually increased our attendance by double digits as well. So we're really proud to be replicating and hopefully surpassing that this year. Um, but yeah, it, it gets your name out there. It lets people know that you are a successful organization and, you know, brands want to be associated with other strong brands. Um, one of the things that we did this off season that we're very proud of is, you know, we, we partnered for our jersey patch with ADT. Um, so they're a Boca-based business. They're about two hours up the road from us here. And, um, you know, they're, they're our partner on the field every day as our players wear their patch on our on their arms. Uh, and that's an example of us being one of, at this point, I think only 12 teams in Major League Baseball that have jersey patch partners, but really only a handful of them had them going into the season. So we're really proud to be recognized in that way with a top-tier brand. And one of the coolest experiences that I've had is we were able to ring the New York Stock Exchange bell with ADT mm. to celebrate the partnership um, back in May, and that was pretty cool. How do you like the changes in baseball now with the pitch clock and uh, the bigger bases and the game is moving like don't blink or you're going to miss something, which is great because that's the way I remember it way back as as a little teeny tiny kid. It, no jokes, please. 
Yes. <laughs> it was yes, they had baseball back then, son. And I, I loved it. I, I loved it then and I'm loving it now. Fans love the new rules. Um, we have really gotten used to them. And like you said, the game moves quicker. So, you know, for us, we don't get to watch that many pitches during the game. But, you know, we have a lot of people that we visit and a lot of parts of the fan experience, you know, that we have to oversee. And the game moves really quickly. So you got to keep yourself on your schedule um, or, it's you know, the ninth inning before you know it. But a lot of positive feedback. You know, for me as a mom, it means, you know, that 640 weeknight game, you can have the kids in bed in time to go to school the next day. So I think it opens up, you know, a whole new opportunity for fans to come out uh, and be able to enjoy our game. Unlike um, Kim Ang, who probably is watching each and every pitch, um, you are, I'm sure, busy during the games. Can you give us a sense of how many games you do attend and what each game might be like for you? I mean, are you uh, meeting up with partners the whole time? Are you trying to get new deals done? Yeah, it's a combination. So we go to all the home games. Um, We're really focused on our fan experience, and we want every person that comes through our doors to want to come back. And so for us, it's really about being part of that experience and overseeing it. Um, How are the concessions working? How is the flow into the parking? How are the game uh, presentation entertainment going? And then, yeah, it's really nice. You do get to know the fans, right? We know our season ticket member base. You see the same faces, um, and it's great. With the team doing so well, it's so great to celebrate with the people you know that we've seen here year after year and see the genuine excitement with them but yeah similar our partners come out a lot of them are suite holders local businesses will come out and rent suites so it's a great networking opportunity at a game and uh, yeah you make a lot of new friends see old friends and uh, love being here and being participating in the game before we were on the air i was talking with uh, producer extraordinaire justin and <laughs> we were we were trying to solve what happens when you have a Shohei Otani kind of player and you want to get that player? Are we going to see one day where a team says, tell you what, we'll either give you a percentage of the team ownership. Will that ever happen? Will the team say, okay, we'll do it. Or will all the teams say, oh, no, that's not going to happen. I think that, you know, things have definitely evolved and you know we want the players to definitely feel part of our business here and we spend on the business time we spend a lot of time with the players really letting them know how the business operates and how much you know their interactions with the fans and with our sponsors really drives our business and um, we have a great relationship with them we have a really supportive bunch and you know our manager is one of the best people who in his post game comments has been saying how much the fans and the outreach and the success means to the players on the field and how they feel about playing but but, um, yeah, I mean, the contract structures, I, I don't know. I think there's, you know, complicated trades on both sides of that equation. So I don't know if we're near that uh, anytime soon. Of course, um, getting back to women in baseball, because I'm obsessed with this. I'm obsessed with you and Kim Ng. Uh, you're not the only ones who are um, women executives in MLB. You've also got uh, Griggs in uh, Seattle, Laura Day in uh, Minnesota, Kelly Fisher over in Texas. I'm curious to hear from you what kind of uh, what kind of communication you guys have with each other. Is it a community where you know the female executives in MLB talk to each other, share best practices, um, come up with ideas, and you know really see each other as supporters rather than rivals? Yeah, there's a, a long list. You know, Caroline Perry out. Of the- 
the Padres. Uh, there, there's definitely just a you know a special network in that we know each other uh, well from you know some of the events that MLB is great about putting on. You know they do have um, forums at things like the winter meetings or the business operations meetings where they will have sessions focused specifically for diversity and for women in sports. So they're great about helping us to cultivate those networks. But I really like to say that you know when I go to you know the the president's meetings and you know maybe there aren't as many women there. It's very collegial across. You know, everyone really wants to help each other. You know, we're all in different markets, and we all want to see baseball thrive and be successful. So, you know, women or men, I think we have great um, you know collaboration across all of the MLB teams, and you know, it's a, it's a great um, community to be part of. I know we're running out of time, but I want to give a shout out to Lone Depot Park uh, as the entertainment destination because you guys have hosted the World Baseball Classic. Uh, you will be the first major league venue to host the Caribbean Series next February. <laughs> uh, concerts and uh, drone racing, the league championship. You, you got to tell me about drone racing because I, I would be that devil out there trying to like knock the other drones out of the air. <laughs> yeah, and that was some of the strategies. The drone racing was really cool to watch. Um, they basically took our whole stadium and they created uh, courses uh, across all of the levels of the seats. And yeah, the drone pilots, you know, they sat out there in sort of video game chairs and they just steered the drones through what were some pretty complicated obstacles all across the ballpark. And yes, you did see some collisions, um, and it was really fun. They had a great crowd. They did some great STEM-related events for kids related to it, and it was really fun to be you know, the, the largest event that they had ever done, and we're excited that they're going to be coming back with us. But um, on the other event side, you know, our team here at the ballpark works really hard. You know, we deliver 81 home games at a minimum. And, uh, you know, about two weeks before the season started, we did World Baseball Classic. So we were lucky to have half a million people through our doors over 10 days. And we created an amazing international baseball experience that uh, it was just really special. And uh, the energy, and you, know, you mentioned Shohei, he was here. Um, just like a huge, great storyline of all of the all-star caliber players that were here from countries across the world and just, you know, a different type of uh, energy as, you know, people really came out to cheer on their countries and beautiful shows of country pride. So we felt really lucky to be able to uh, be the host for that, and we're looking forward to having that again in 2026. Um, and then we've had a number of concerts here, too. So we want people to, you know, come here for any type of entertainment, you know, that they're looking for. So we want the, the building to always be going and be a hot spot for people to go in Miami. So we were lucky to have the Afro Nation Fest and Romeo Santos just finished here uh, three weeks ago. So we've seen some really cool shows come through. Well, see, you're schooling me because I thought like drone racing, they'll be taking laps of going around and around and around. It, it, I wasn't even close. So that, don't mind me. I, I, I'm an old man. Uh, <laughs> Caroline O'Connor, president of business operations for the Miami Marlins. Good luck to you for the rest of the season. And thank you so much for talking with us on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Thanks, Michael and Scarlett. Take care. Up next on the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, we do a midseason check-in with MLB Hall of Famer John Smoltz. That's straight ahead on the Bloomberg Business of Sports show from Bloomberg Radio around the world.
Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do. That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show. We explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr for Scarlet Foo and Damian Sassauer. It's baseball today. Baseball has been very, very good to us. We're heading into the MLB All-Star break, so we wanted to take stock of some of the big storylines so far this year. And the big superstars as well, because the biggest of those superstars this year might be LA Angels two-way superstar, Shohei Otani. There's a drive! Shohei Otani gets the Angels on the board with his 30th home run! An absolute rocket! This ball went 493 feet. Shohei the money! See what I did there? Uh, Otani has been taking the league by storm, and he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year? Yeah, get your money ready. On the other end of the spectrum are the New York Mets. Speaking of get your money ready, despite Steve Cohen putting a ton of money into the team, they've underperformed. Owner Steve Cohen spoke at a press conference recently, and he gave a pretty straightforward assessment of his ball club. You know, obviously, we came in with higher hopes and, you know, making the last wild card or whatever, but um, that's where we are, and, and uh, so the season's not over. Um, I'm preparing my um, management team for all possibilities. Um, you know, if we don't get better, you know, we have decisions to make at the trade deadline. That was New York Mets owner Steve Cohen at a team press conference recently. Now, to take us through some of the big baseball stories this year, we welcome MLB Hall of Fame pitcher, Fox Sports lead MLB analyst, and friend of the show, John Smoltz. John, welcome back to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, John, I I understand that you are one whale of a golfer, and I didn't know you were this great, uh, and you should blow the field away. You have a championship annual celebrity golf tournament, July 14th through the 16th, in South Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Tell us about that. How did you 
acquire this skill for golf? Well, it started when I was 21 years old uh, and got to professional baseball and realized that pitching once every five days was fun, but then what do I do for four days in between? (laughs) I picked up golf and fishing. I fell in love with both. Golf became a passion that allowed me to really play 21 years, 22 years in the major leagues because it it kept us fresh as a as a as a rotation. So I really I really loved it and became passionate about it and wanted to see how far I could take golf. Well, American Century Championship is one of those areas where we get to compete against the elites, all the great celebrities of all walks of life, and I'm as competitive as they get. I I I love uh, playing in competition, and this is a competition that keeps score and has a leaderboard, and I want to be on it. So I've yet to win Tahoe, so my time's running out a little bit at 56. I've got to take advantage of this time frame I have left. But golf is a, is a sport you can play well beyond your years, uh, unlike any other sport. Yeah, I feel like you're just about to hit your peak when it comes to golf. Um, and speaking of taking it to the, the farthest you can, uh, of course, that was with baseball. You were a first ballot MLB Hall of Famer, eight-time All-Star, and a Cy Young Award winner for the NL. I'm curious to get your take, John, on how you think the first half of the baseball season is going with the rule changes in place. As an MLB analyst, has it made the game better? Oh, way better. I mean, the game is moving again. We're seeing athleticism. I know a lot of purists are a little upset, and uh, baseball has been the sport that has been the last to really change. Every other sport has had rule changes that has affect their long-term goal of the sport, and I think that's what was needed badly. Philosophically, the game was played at a different way and a different um, uh, kind of a rate. Time-wise, it was suffocating the sport a little bit, and if this is all data that is kind of out there it's not like you're making it up and it's not like i'm stuck in the 1980s and 2010 when i played and retired it's just a fact that the game analytically um was processing a lot of information and moving at a slower rate than baseball wanted to so these changes have been fantastic well, John, I mean, it makes it a lot easier when your Atlanta Braves are the favorites to win the World Series this year, right? I mean, this team looks better than the 2021 championship team. Talk to us about this year's Braves. How do they stack up against, you know, other heavyweights like Tampa, the Dodgers, the Astros, the Yankees? And my goodness, talk to us about the All-Star game. I think they have eight players representing the Braves. Talk to us about this year's team. Pretty amazing. Uh, they're probably the deepest they've ever been, and that's including some of the runs that I was in on when we went 14 years in a row. It's the most complete offense I've ever seen in Atlanta Braves, and really they're just putting everything together. It's you know it's a shame they're having an all-star break. I know when you're going through a stretch like this as a team, you just want to keep rolling. You don't want a break. You don't want to reset. Eight all-stars is uh, – just incredible just speak of the year they're having and look they're taking advantage of all the new rules as well they've got tremendous power and speed and they've avoided i'd say they've avoided um they still have injuries but they've avoided the majority of the injuries that could take a team down like other teams have faced and i I just think they're poised now now can they duplicate that in the second half that'd be pretty tough to ask but they have a uh they have a great path if they stay healthy uh, to make a deep run in the postseason. 
Mets owner Steve Cohen spent a lot of money for the people that are on the field. And unfortunately, Mets fans, it has been uh, a bit of a disappointment so far this season. Can the Mets turn it around? They can, but this is a huge hole. I mean, I've always said that, you know, look, overpaying is overpaying, but the product that they have should have been, and because they've had to to sustain the injuries they did, which, again, is just synonymous with with, uh, sports these days, they have a big hole to, to dig themselves out of. They have the roster, but I don't know if they can get to a point where Certainly winning the divisions out of the question, but they could get to a point where to fight in the playoff spot. And then if they get in, much like the Phillies last year, you never know what's going to happen. But, you know, I, I've never been one that uses age as an issue or a reason. And I know we're so quick analytically to denote what an age is and who's old and who's not. And you can't do that with everybody. And the narrative is, they're showing their age, right? And and when you're not playing well, that's an easy answer to go to. But they just aren't playing well on all facets. And when they can put it together, uh, they're as good as most ball clubs in the National League. I, I'm not. I don't jump on and off bandwagons very very easily as a national broadcaster. I have to be objective. Mm-hmm. And I I think what what Dave what 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 Steve Cohen has done is he put together a roster that should have competed, no doubt. And it just it came out of the gates really bad. And like I said, whether or not they can get out of this big hole, they have the roster to do it, but they got to get going really fast. Yeah. Uh, baseball is a long season, mm-hmm. and we've seen some historic comebacks. The, the Atlanta Braves, when they won the World Series, were something like 150 to one to win in yeah. the middle of September. So it can it can be done. Well, there's, they've got to really step it up in the second half then. I want to get your take. Are you uh, on the Shohei Otani bandwagon? He He's seen as the best player in baseball, and of course, later this year, he's going to hit the open market. What would he get on the open market, do you think? You know, that's that's uh, we've never had anything like this. Um, not even Babe Ruth. And Babe Ruth, way back when, you know, hit more home runs than the whole teams did. So the game was played totally different. This is a different, different kind of freakish athlete that has really transcended the game and maybe even created an opportunity for future two-way players. I've always said that, you know, the money at some point has to hit a point, right? But it doesn't seem to be at any point uh, we're there. And what I would say about Shohei is how much longer can he do the two-way? And I think his contract could be very interesting to be tied to two-way and then tied to maybe once he just does one. So he's a freak. He's a great uh, ambassador for the game and what it can be, and uh, sky's the limit for him. I, I don't think we're talking about – I don't know how many teams we're talking about that can afford that kind of contract, but he's certainly going to be the highest-paid player ever. John, you know, you mentioned uh, those great Atlanta Braves teams from the 90s, you know, the 1995 World Series team. I mean, do you stay in touch with any of your colleagues? I mean, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, Chipper Jones, Mark Waller, Steve Avery. I mean, do you still keep in touch with any of those guys? We try every year. Well, they do every year have an alumni um, 
weekend. Unfortunately, I'm doing a game every Saturday for Fox, so uh, <laughs> or most Saturdays. But uh, I get a chance to kind of uh, with Tom and Greg, we see each other at least four times a year, whether it be at golf tournaments or uh, whether it be at the Hall of Fame, which is coming up. And so we're always going to be linked together forever, and, and, and certainly uh, history will will share that that journey that we had. But uh, as far as the other players, I still stay in, stay in touch as much as I can. My schedule gets a little crazy, especially when it gets towards October in the postseason. But um, every July, after or right around the All-Star break, my focus is solely on the American Century Championship. It's, the, it's <laughs> like i got to slow down. I get too excited. Um, you know, I, I block off that time on the calendar. And uh, this year it's rolled up fast. I just recently got back from Scotland in my first ever golfing trip there, which was unbelievable. I feel like I'm headed in the right direction coming into this tournament, minus my travel coming up. And so, um, you know what? It's it's um, it's the best thing we have. And uh, I'm just fortunate that I get to play in one of the greatest golf tournaments and one of the neatest places in the U.S. at the time of the year when we get to play it in uh, Lake Tahoe. I must ask about more about Shohei Otani, uh, and, and I also want to ask more about golf. But the topic came up, we were talking about this on the air a few days ago, anybody who is going for Otani, will they ever cross that line and offer a player a percentage of the ownership of the team? Oh, good question. Yeah, I don't know. That's the one thing about this sport um, that really that I uh, that I know of has never been. Um, it, it's, again, we've never dealt with anybody at this level and the age factor that you're talking about the contract and the length of it. Look, this is a copycat league. Um, I've never understood certain things about the, the trends in, in contracts that get offered, but it's a copycat league in the sense that once certain trends are out there, it seems like they follow. I mean, I guess that's life, and I guess that's business, but this will be a trend center for sure. So Some I like what you said about that, John, about this is a copycat league. Which are the teams or which are the ownership groups that would – kind of set the bar or be innovative and think creatively about how to attract and retain talent? Who's going to set the pace? Yeah, I don't think we're going to see any surprises here. I don't think we're going to see a, you know, a small market team all of a sudden jump up and be the first to do something yeah. that has never been done. I, I still think you know, he's going to stay in California. Um, I, I just, it, it just seems like that's the, the obvious fit, whether it's the Dodgers maybe even San Francisco, but it's the Dodgers seem to be the team that has the capacity and the whereabouts to create the star factor that has been there for the kind of the essence of their organization. And now that they broke their little streak of not winning a World Series, they have the freedom to really kind of roll into something special like this. You always and always the, the narrative for us, was always been when I played the New York Yankees, right? The Yankees were the king of of these kind of things. I don't know that they're in that arena, especially when they signed their greatest player in Aaron Judge. So you can start doing the math and eliminating teams 
and and figuring out that it really is not 10, 15 teams he'll be talking with. But I will say this about Shohei Otani. The contract he signed the first time around was so generous, and, and because he wanted to do what he's doing, it enabled him to get to this point. So credit him and his people and, mm-hmm. and the way that he went about negotiating the first deal that has set him up really for this next deal that's coming his way. Well, John, you know, enough baseball. We got to talk about golf here. You know, we had Joe Theismann on the show last week. And, you know, Joe's playing in that tournament in Tahoe. He's really pumped up. You know, we had the match. You know, Allen, you know, Mahomes, you know, Rodgers can putt. You know, you've got Steph Curry out there who can play. You know, talk to us about the field. Talk to us about, I mean, look, Tiger Woods is on the record as saying you are one of, if not the best amateur golfer over the age of 50 he's ever played with. Talk to us a little bit about the field. What can we expect on July 11th? Yeah, well, they're younger, <laughs> and they hit it farther. Uh, I'm going to have to use my experience and uh, the things that I've been through before to draw from. Tony Romo is the class, along with Marty Fish. Those two guys are <laughs> as good as it gets when it comes to celebrity golf. They've dominated, along as well with Mark Mulder, who's a former baseball pitcher. They've dominated yep. the celebrity tour. I was lucky enough to win two events, but... I think with uh, the field that has been put together, and every year it's a great field, you've got Annika Sorensen, the greatest of all time, LPGA, and you've got probably eight to ten different participants that have a chance to win this tournament. And it comes down to this, the ones that make the most birdies. I know that doesn't sound like much, but the birdies (laughs) in this tournament are worth three times the value of a par. So when you do the math, that value is greater than a stroke play tournament that everyone's used to in golf. So the Stableford format really rewards more more scoring on birdies, not necessarily your pure score, but you could actually have a round with more birdies and bogeys than 18 pars. And honestly, if I have to critique myself in the one area of why I haven't won, I've finished second a couple times, I get way too many pars. And on an average day, that would be okay for golf, but it's not okay for this tournament. So I have to find a way to get more birdies and be a little bit more aggressive and not treat it like a score that you want to shoot. So birdies and bogeys, that's what I'm looking at. (laughs) It doesn't sound right, but that's what it takes to win the American Century Championship. Well, and another shout-out to you. You played in 10 events as an amateur and you've made the cut in nine of them. So that shows you what talent you have with a golf club. I, I, I'm impressed big time. Thank you well, so much. I, like I said, like I said I've, I've, I've played a lot of professional sports, but golf is a total different beast. There's no teammates to bail you out or, or, or no teammates to let you down. It's all about you and Mother Nature, and uh, that part of it is very intriguing to me. I was thinking about a lot of golfers that, uh, you know, that are very good, like you. I got a buddy that uh, is very good, and I I asked him about his thoughts, you know, between Live Golf and the PGA, let's call it a saga. I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> before we let you go, your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty loyal guy. I'm, I'm, it's hard to move me off of uh, being loyal, and that's probably the most disappointing part of what I, well, I don't know how this is going to, 
but um, if I was defending and supporting one side and then that side collapsed and it merged, it would be very disappointing to me. And I hope, you know, for whatever golf has been for a lot of people, um, I hope somehow this turns into a good thing. But at the saga that you put it very well, it's been very complicated. It could have been very dividing and probably was. And, you know, the only way I can kind of correlate to what PGA current members are going through, in my baseball playing career, I was fortunate and, and because of, my character, played the game the right way. If I fought for no steroids and fought for it, which I did, and then all of a sudden the sport turned around and said steroids are going to be okay, everybody deal with it, I would be very, very upset. And that's kind of the way I viewed the way this, this transi- transaction came down. Now, at the end of the day, it might end, end up working great, but the current the current atmosphere that I would, if I were in that shoes, I I would be so disappointed supporting and defending the PGA and then have this come down the way it did would be kind of shocking to my system. John Smoltz, lead MLB analyst for Fox Sports, also, of course, MLB Hall of Famer, former National League Cy Young Award winner. John, thank you so much for joining us on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. We really do appreciate it, sir. I look forward to it in the future. Thanks. Our thanks to John Smoltz, MLB Hall of Famer, Cy Young Award winner, and Fox Sports lead MLB analyst. He's also a pretty good golfer. He'll be competing in the American Century Championship golf event in Tahoe, along with other sports stars like friend of the show Joe Theismann, Tony Romo, Charles Barkley, and more. It kicks off on Thursday, July 14th. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
My goal is to be the number one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since a kid. It feels better to be number one than number five. I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business of Sports, the number of the week. Due to popular demand, <laughs> it's back. The number of the week. And since we had a nice talk about golf with John Smoltz, uh, this is also about golf, and this is about Michelle Wee West. Uh, she wants one more chance at winning a major. Uh, and as I was checking her bio, I, I did not know this. I'm going to ask simply, how tall is she, Ooh. and what's her age? Wait, wait, this is a twofer? This is a twofer. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I know she's tall. <laughs> I know she's tall, but I mean, I don't know if she's six feet tall. I mean, I guess I would guess six feet, but hold on now. Age. hmm. (laughs) No Googling. No, she's got to be 30 years old, though. I'm just thinking. I'll say 30. I'll say 30. So I'm saying, okay, so I'm saying six feet and 30. That's what I'll go with. I'm going to say 5'11 and 31. And we're all winners. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Damien, you're right. She is six feet tall, and you are closer with the age. She's 33. Ah. And okay. she she is just a one, She's such a star. She is. She is one hell of a golfer. Yeah. And, and I want to see her, you know, just knock it out of the park. I remember in 2000, and she was just 10. Uh, and uh, I remember when she came out on television you know this 10 year old yeah you know it's that was i'm just like i know we've seen her grow up yeah yeah that's scary because oh my god i know i know what you're gonna say next (sighs) (laughs) don't say it this has been by cracking bloomberg businesses sports (laughs) we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports i'm michael Barr. you can follow me with my walker at big bar sports on twitter and I'm on Twitter at Scarlet Foo. And I'm on Twitter at D Sassauer. Hey, by the way, you can download this show, by the way, wherever you get your podcast. You have been listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. I feel like we should be giving our heights, <laughs> like our stats <laughs> after our names. He's 6'1 <laughs> and old as hell. <laughs> What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.